What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Hello again, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry. I'm so glad that you are taking time out of your day. To, uh, to listen to me talk about uh, talk about some football. So we've got a great show for you today. Marcus Grant, a recurring guest of the show, friend of the program, comes on. We talk a little fantasy. We talk overall NFL storylines, things that he's mapping out. And then after that, I get into my Week 8 Power Rankings. As you know, we do it every four weeks. Um, so we'll see where teams lie. I'll talk about biggest risers and and guys that, that have, have taken quite a hit in terms of my rankings. But it's been a great Sunday of football, uh, and I'm excited for this episode. So now, here's my interview with Marcus Grant. We now welcome on a special guest, a recurring guest of the podcast, friend of the program. Uh, it's Marcus Grant. Marcus, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk with me. I appreciate getting the invite back. Absolutely. Always, always open invitation for sure. Um, so unfortunately, and we talked about this just, just before we got started, we have to talk about the Cowboys-Eagles game. Um, it was the Sunday night football game, although it didn't feel like that, you know, that it's, there's normally an expectation, a level of, of um, two elite teams going at it. And that is not what we saw tonight. Um, ben DiNucci, shout out James Madison University, made the, made the start for the Cowboys. Um, and it was an ugly game. It was gross. Um, but the Eagles won. Is there like, I mean, we got to, we got to, there's always a learning experience in something. Right. Was there something you learned from tonight's game? Uh, I don't know if I learned anything new other than, I guess, it just reinforced the idea that Travis Fulgham really is one of the big pleasant surprises of the season. I mean, it's a guy that, that kind of came out of nowhere and uh, has stepped up in a role where the Eagles needed him. I mean, they've had so many injuries at the wide receiver spot, right? I mean, we, we still haven't seen Alshon Jeffrey. Deshaun Jackson's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Jalen Rager finally came back and had a nice night tonight. But really, it's been Travis Fulgham that's kind of been keeping that group afloat in terms of, of the wide receiver and the pass catcher position. So uh, that was certainly nice to see. Um, I mean, other than that, it's just that the Cowboys are a, a complete mess. And, and I've, I've recently just started referring to Dak Prescott as being he's he was sort of like deodorant. Right. He just covered up. The, he covered up how badly the Cowboys stink. Um, and now that they don't have him and then they were without Andy Dalton tonight, it just shows how bad this Dallas team really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that deodorant. I like that phrase because it's so true. I mean, we they were keeping him afloat and it just absolutely fell apart after he's gone. Um, somebody has to win this division. Like uh, there's no other way around it. There has to be a winner. Um, and, and right now, I, I really think it's a three-team race. I think you can put the Washington football team in there. Um, I feel good about, you know, Kyle Allen has some familiarity with Ron Rivera. They looked really solid last week against the Cowboys. Um, and, and the Cowboys have an easier schedule moving forward. The Eagles obviously have to take on some, some of these top teams. I know it's early. I know there's still, you know, nine weeks left in the season, but who, who do you think comes out of this NFC East and how many wins do they well, get? Well, so a few weeks ago, I would have said it was the Cowboys. And that was, again, that was when Dak Prescott was still there and was still kind of keeping this team afloat. I think without Dak, uh, I'm going to pivot now to the Eagles. Um, you know, they, they have flaws, but they seem to be 
the closest thing to a complete team in this division. Um, you know, they, they, they still have the best quarterback in the division, even though Carson Wentz is struggling right now. Uh, there's really no way around that. I mean, when Miles Sanders is healthy, uh, he's just as good a back as anybody that they have there. And defensively, I think they are good enough. Um, you, you mentioned Washington, and I think their defense is what's going to keep them afloat in this division because, you know, Kyle Allen's not keeping defensive coordinators up at night. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson's look good offensively, but, you know, he's not necessarily what you consider a, a top-line elite running back there. But that defense is still good if it's going to keep it going. But I think in terms of uh, all the th- – and all the teams in this division are, are incredibly flawed, but I think the, the Eagles probably have the fewest flaws of anybody in the NFC East right now. Yeah. And and even with their injuries, they are technically expecting, you know, those guys back. Uh, I don't think any amount of injuries is going to help this Cowboys defense. And obviously Dak Prescott's gone for the year. Um, So they really have to, you know, put up with what they've got, but the Eagles are, you know, like you said, Miles Sanders is coming back uh, and they should be getting a couple of these guys. We saw Jalen Rager out there tonight. So they should be getting a couple of their key pieces back um, here in the next few weeks, but let's leave it there enough with that one. We we can move on. We've, we've talked about it. Check the box. Um, I want to talk about, you know, maybe some, some mid-season awards a little bit uh, for as far in terms of, of, of fantasy football goes, because there have been a lot of surprises um, this season, a lot of guys that have taken me uh, by surprise. And like you said, Travis Fulgham is definitely in that conversation. Um, but I want to talk first about rookie of the year. And I think it's, I think it's a two-man race and I could be wrong. And, and I definitely want to get your opinion on it, but it's between Justin Herbert and James Robinson, I think in terms of of uh, production and you know re- really coming out of nowhere I don't think I mean Herbert wasn't the projected starter it was Fournette's backfield before he got traded uh, so both of these guys kind of came out of nowhere but who, who's who's the fantasy football rookie of the year so far you know you're right it's, it's between those two guys and and maybe it's maybe it's recency bias because you know Robinson had the week off and Herbert played today uh, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean toward Justin Herbert right now uh, it, it sort of continues a trend that we've seen the last few years in fantasy football of a quarterback either either being drafted late or drafted not at all that ends up leading teams to championships. I mean, a few years ago, it was Patrick Mahomes. Last year, it was Lamar Jackson. And, you know, this year, I, I had no idea who it was going to be. I certainly never would have thought it was going to be Justin Herbert. Uh, but he stepped in when Tyrod went down and has been phenomenal to the point that Tyrod's not getting that job back right now. So, um, you know, and, look, James Robinson is certainly very deserving of this award, too, because uh, another guy who sort of came out of nowhere, I don't think anybody really honestly had a clue. I mean, people, there are people who sort of said James Robinson could be okay, but I don't even think those people believe that he would be doing what he's doing right now. So he certainly deserves all the praise uh, that's thrown his way for what he's done. But I, I think, you know, maybe because I'm biased and it's a quarterback league and maybe because I'm also a Pac-12 guy and Justin Herbert went to Oregon, maybe that's what it is, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with him right now. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Also, also Pac-12 guy, Washington State. So I'm, I'm all over, all over Gardner <laughs> Minshew, and I think that's a good, a, a good thing to talk about here in just a little bit. But two more awards I want to give out, and and you can give, you know, some nominees, maybe not some winners here, but who are a couple guys that you're, you know, you're writing down in your notebook, like, okay, this is who I'm drafting next year. Who's a guy that that a lot of people missed out on, but won't be making the same mistake next year. Um, geez. Uh, I mean, I do think Herbert's one of those guys that people aren't going to miss out on next year. Uh, I think Chase Claypool is another one of those guys uh, that the people aren't going to miss out on. Yeah, and I will say this. I mean, we, and again, we're talking about some of the rookies. 
I didn't quite know what to make of Chase Claypool because he was the guy that at Notre Dame was sort of an in-between. He was, he was, you know, part-time tight end, a part-time wide receiver, and I didn't know how he was going to fit. But I think if we've learned anything over the last few years, it's that the Steelers are really good at drafting wide receivers. So if the Steelers draft the wide receiver from now on, we should pay attention to that guy. I think that's kind of the rule there. So uh, Chase Claypool is certainly, uh, you know, I think, He's, he's sort of in that group of guys that, that people aren't going to miss out on next year. Um, I think Johnu Smith is another one, and he was a guy that I, I liked coming into the season. I, you know, people would ask me for a hot take, and my hot take had been that Johnu Smith was going to win people some fantasy leagues. And uh, even with kind of a bad day on Sunday, I think he's still going to be a top 10 tight end at the end of the week. So uh, I, think, I think next year, because we're always hurting for for tight ends we're always thirsty for talent at that position I think John Smith's going to be a guy that moves up draft boards quite a bit mm-hmm. yeah uh, no that's that's definitely true and especially this year it feels like the gap between um you know guys like obviously well Kittle went down with injury today but but Kelsey and, and him are, are so huge between you know guys that you're scrounging around streaming hoping that you know Noah Fant can can get you by or or you know Jared Cook had a game a good game today but just guys like that where um, yeah, having a consistent tight end is, is, is so, so big. Okay. One final award here. Um, and this one uh, is, you know, not, not the best one, but, but so far who, who's, who's the biggest bust and this, I don't want to do injury because, you know, you can't project that, but who's been the biggest disappointment so far this season. The first thing that pops to mind to me is Kenyon Drake. Um, and, and it hurts my heart to say that because I was a huge Kenyon Drake stan coming into the year. I really thought that the way he finished last year in Arizona, um, I thought he was poised for big things. I mean, I'm, I'm, I figured he was easily a top 10 running back, maybe even top eight, depending on how things worked out. And that has not been the case uh, to the point that Chase Edmonds has really outplayed him. And it's, it's to the point now that I, I really feel like Chase Edmonds deserves more of an opportunity there in Arizona. Um, you know, Drake had one big game. And it came against the Cowboys defense, which, you know, the Cowboys defense seems to heal everybody, helps everybody get, get right a little bit. So I don't know how much that counts. So uh, for me, that's the, that's the first name that I easily come with is this Kenyon Drake has let so many people down this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's, he seemed to maybe be getting it, it going, but with this injury too, it, it just kind of adds to what was definitely a disappointing season. Okay. We've got a couple minutes left here. I want to just go rapid fire through a couple of storylines here um, and, and bounce some ideas off you and see what you think. So first off, personally, I think the Broncos may have turned a corner, right? The, uh, obviously the chargers are, are notable for giving up these, these leads. <laughs> um, I, I saw a tweet today where it was like, I think you, I think, no, I think you're the one that put it out talking about the chargers and the, and the Falcons. And the Falcons. Playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due on that one. Um, talking about how there, there may be a, a, a rip in the time fabric when two of the teams who are notable for blowing big leads will play each other. Um, I, I don't know how that one ends up, but I, I think we found something, you know, Drew Locke started off the season injured, um, and, and even in the last two weeks, he played um, some good defenses and also probably wasn't fully healthy, got some booze. And in the second half, um, I think he flipped a switch. Am I am I overreacting? Is this just the Chargers blowing a lead or do we have have we seen the, the Broncos finally arrive this season? 
I, I think you can file this under both things can be true. I mean, I think I think you know Drew Lott can sort of flip a switch, and at the same time, I think the Chargers, uh, you know, kind of gagged up another one, you know, which is, has been their their mo lately. Um, I I did think coming into this week, I I had him for for fantasy. I sort of had him as a sleeper quarterback this week because uh, this to me was the, the, the best matchup he has had so far this year. You go back and you look at his early season schedule, and it was pretty tough. I mean, he, he faced some really good defenses. Then, as you mentioned, he got hurt. Uh, that certainly kind of set his development back a little bit. So this was a chance to get on the field, to get healthy, and against a defense that could be – a little bit more pliable so I think we saw some of that I think that continues next week because they've got the Falcons on the schedule so I think that's another opportunity for Drew Locke to continue to progress so you know I, I still think whether or not he's the franchise quarterback for Denver I think that that has not been settled yet um, but I, I think that you know now that he's through the the toughest part of the schedule or one of the tougher parts of his schedule uh, I think you'll start to see Drew Locke get a little bit better so so maybe maybe you're right and, and you know, look at the same time, they get Philip Lindsay back, and he had a really nice game today uh, with a long touchdown run for the Broncos. So uh, maybe they are starting to get those pieces back together again. So, yeah, we'll see. I still think the Chiefs, you know, are still head and shoulders above everybody else in the AFC West. But, uh, you know, everybody else is kind of fighting for second place. And, and if you're the Broncos, you got to look and say, well, why not us? Why not us be the team that turns this around and maybe makes a run at the playoffs? Yeah, no, and, and that's a great point. That was something I was going to mention if, if you didn't. Uh, they got the, the the Falcons next week. So this is a really a, a good chance for their offense to get going. And they win that game in their four and four. And then in expanded playoffs, you know, really anything can happen. So at four and four going down the stretch the rest of the season, uh, you have to like their odds. All right, I'm going to finish talking about two Pac-12 guys. Uh, as you mentioned, we're, we're both we're both Pac-12 guys. Gardner Minshew, um, you know, was announced he was playing through um, a, a dislocated finger and, and some some strained ligament or, or I'm not exactly sure all of what went down, but Basically, they're, they're using this as a chance to say, all right, let's see what we can get in Mike Glennon and Jake Glutton. Uh, Mike Glennon, career backup guy. Jake Glutton, uh, uh, another Pac-12 guy, Oregon State quarterback drafted in the sixth round this year. I'm setting the over-under at six sacks. I don't care which quarterback um, <laughs> starts next week, but they're going to get destroyed. I mean, Gardner Minshew has made, made something out of nothing with, the, with this team. Um, and I think you'd be hard pressed to find a quarterback outside of, you know, the elite uh, 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 mobile guys in Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray that could actually do something effective with this offense. I mean, what, what's going to happen when they put out one of these two guys next week? No idea. It's not going to be good. Um, you know, they just, they, they don't have any real talent right now at quarterback. Right. And, and it's funny too, because, you know, Minshew sort of falling apart. I, I, went into this year and when people would, would ask me about Gardner Minshew, the best comparison I had for him um, was Jeremy Lin. I mean, you remember Jeremy Lin with the New York Knicks a few years ago where, you know, Lin Sanity took over the, the nation for, you know, about two weeks or so, where, you know, where, where every night for a couple of weeks, Jeremy Lin was just going off and doing big things for the Knicks. And I sort of felt like that was Gardner Minshew too. Like last year he had his nice run, especially early in the season. We got to Halloween and like everybody in the Jacksonville area was dressed as Gardner Minshew for Halloween. They all had headbands and mustaches and that sort of thing. Uh, and then, and it just, you know, the magic sort of wore off and, and it hasn't really come back this year to the point that now they're looking at making a quarterback change. And, and look, I don't think either Lutton or, or Mike Glennon is going to be the answer for this team. So you know, maybe they have put themselves fully 
into the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, I guess Zach Wilson now is in that con conversation too, into that sweepstakes to try and get themselves a franchise quarterback. But uh, I think for the Jaguars, it's going to get worse before it gets better because I don't know that any one of those guys on the bench is going to give you anything better than, than what you got in Adam Minshew. Yeah, and, and that's not even talking about the rest of the team, which they've shipped off basically every meaningful player since their AFC Championship game appearance uh, in, in one way or another, which is very unfortunate. But I, I think we will see. Uh, it's going to be a tough week next week for for this this Jaguars team. All right, one last thing before we let you go. Like I said, another Pac-12 guy, somebody who I had been who had fallen in love with watching games, even though he was a, a, a rival with Zach Moss, just the way he runs with the ball um, coming out of Utah. I was like, okay, this guy, whoever he lands, whatever he lands, he's going to make a difference. Then he goes to the bills. I was like, this is perfect. He's going to play that same Frank Gore role um, with, with the bills. And, and they're going to actually have a guy, a workhorse who's effective. Um, and, and this is perfect. It didn't start off that way. The season obviously got injured a little bit. Was this the breakout game Did we have we seen, you know, the the arrival of Zach Moss uh, in a in a every a weekly fantasy starting role? I think we're getting closer to it. Here's the thing. And I know that when you know, he scored the two touchdowns on Sunday and I thought I saw a lot of people saying, well, hey, Zach Moss, obviously, he, you know, he's better than than Devin Singletary. And my response was like, not so fast. Like, I don't know that he's necessarily better than Singletary, but for fantasy, I think he's more valuable because he's the guy down near the goal line that's getting those opportunities. Mm -hmm. I still think Devin Singletary is a good running back. And I think the Bills believe that, too. But I don't think they trust him near the end zone. You'll, you'll see Singletary get a lot of work between the 20s. You'll see him catch the football. And he has a lot of good things there. The problem is, for us fantasy geeks, we want guys who get in the end zone, and Singletary's not that guy. And so I think for the Bills, they've got a really solid two-headed running attack, right? They've got Singletary who can sort of be, you know, it's, it's a thunder and lightning thing, right? You've got Moss as kind of the big heavy hitter guy who can run between the tackles, who can get those short yardage pickups and, and bowl the ball into the end zone. And then you've got Singletary's more of the lightning, the, the, the agile, quick pass catching sort of guy. So I think, I think it's a good combination. The frustration for, for people who play fantasy football is that Singletary for all the good things he does. Uh, my, my joke has always been that he needs three forms of ID to get into the end zone. And so that's going to be frustrating to kind of deal with there. So I think in some ways, yeah, you did see the big breakout game for Zach Moss. Um, but I, I, I think they're just very evenly matched. It's just that Moss is the touchdown guy, and that is going to vault him ahead of Singletary in a lot of fantasy leagues. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to say, uh, humble brag here, I did start him in one of my leagues. I was down a little bit on running back help, so I was like, all right, if it's going to happen, it's got to happen this week. So I'm glad it did. Uh, Marcus, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, always, always love to hear your insight, and we will have to have you back on soon. Hey, appreciate it, JT. All right, so we have our Week 8 NFL Power Rankings on here. I have written it down, and I'm going to be talking about some of the teams. We'll go through them section by section, uh, teams that have really made a case to, to rise up the rankings. And, and now this is where you know the rubber meets the road a little bit. These teams start to see, and we talked about it last week on the episode, this, this next month going into November, we're going to see where teams really uh, lie because we have uh, uh, some big divisional games. We had some big divisional games this week, um, but there's only it's only going to get better from here. You know, we're, we're going to see a lot more top, top teams face off against each other, and, and we're going to really get a good sense of who is at the top. So let's start here 
first four teams, uh, the the bottom two have not changed. It's the Jets at 32. Obviously, uh, it's a tough year for them. You know, you're regrouping, you're crossing your fingers that that Trevor Lawrence drops in the draft. Uh, but realistically, there's not there's not much to hope for this season outside of that. Sam Darnold's looked good, but the offensive line is poor. I like some of the wide receiver weapons. Denzel Mims has really uh, taken a, a a key role since he's come back off of IR for this team. But overall, I mean, you you can't expect much. This is a a shoddy group. You got to hope Joe Douglas stays as GM, fire Adam Gase, and then hopefully bring in a guy that Trevor Lawrence likes. Get in a, a coach that will be a mentor to him and build that team so that he'll be successful. I mean, this is one of the better uh, QB prospects over the last 20 years. And we're, we're talking about, you know, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, um, those kind of ranges, the elite, elite prospects. Um, so Jets at 32. At 31, it's the Giants. I mean, same boat. Obviously, Saquon is out um, for the season, and, and that's taking a toll on this team. But overall, Danny Dimes isn't what we thought, uh, and, and the defense has actually played pretty well. But I mean, you really have to reevaluate the quarterback position. He is not the guy uh, who, who we thought. Yes, I do think the Jets have a bright future too, but you know, it's the, the team has a lot of holes, and you have to, in order to to fill that, you need to draft really well, um, and, and that's the key piece for them. Uh, at thirty, we've got the Jaguars, and we talked about this last week on the show. I was a little bit. Um, confused as to why Gardner Menchu may be they may be considering to bench him um, just because you look at the offensive line they put together you think Mike Glennon and and Jake Lutton can really do something with that team that Gar- Gardner Minshew hasn't been able to do uh, I, I think the answer is no so but if Minshew really is hurt um, then obviously they're gonna have to start next week but to be completely honest I don't know uh, I think they're holding Minshew out on purpose. I don't think that they're um, letting him go because, I mean, you, you hear stories about this guy um, who actually tried to break his own hand when he was in college to get another year of eligibility, get a medical red shirt. Um, I mean, he he's going to play through anything. He'll play through absolutely anything. So I think this is more of the Jaguars doing than, than anything else. But we're going to see just how bad this Jaguars team is when Gardner Minshew isn't a quarterback. So it's either going to be Jake Lutton, their sixth-round pick last year out of Oregon State, or Mike Glennon, a career backup, starting for them next week. And, and I don't feel very confident about that. Um, number 29, we have the Washington football team. They're up one from, from four weeks ago in my poll. They played really well last week. They had a, a great game on a bye this week um, against the Cowboys. Obviously, uh, Andy Dalton went down uh, uh, three-quarters of the way through that game, but they were already up by 20 points. And you know, I, I'm recording this podcast now or, or this section of the podcast listening or watching the uh, Eagles-Cowboys game. I mean, this division is is up for grabs uh, as any. And the Cowboys lost to the, the Washington football team. So you've already got a leg up for, for these guys, especially in divisional games. Uh, and that could be big down the stretch. So I know I've got them at 29, but with as crazy as this division is, and I'll, spoiler alert, every guy is in the bottom 12 here. So every every guy in the NFC East is in the bottom 12. So it really is anybody's division. Coming in at 28, we've got the Texans. Now, I love Deshaun Watson. I, I think he's a fantastic player. I think I had him ranked top five. I had him as fifth best quarterback in the NFL last year um, or coming into this season. But the team they have built around them, and we talked about it. It's not like this was a surprise. You let go of one of the best wide receivers in football, um, and then you you get a second round pick, which in turn you you go and spend on Brandon Cooks, 
Um, it, it's a confusing play because they they said they did it to save money because DeAndre Hopkins wants a lot of money, but then they go out and 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 pay for Brandon Cook's salary, a huge downgrade at wide receiver, and, and basically you get Brandon Cooks and you get David Johnson, who are more expensive than it would have been to actually have DeAndre Hopkins. And there's offensive line issues um, that have been very key throughout you know the the tenure of the Texans. Bill O'Brien's gone now, but this team has a lot of work to do. The defense, their best players are on the wrong side of their prime. Um, these wide receiver core, I mean, Will Fuller is great. Um, but outside of that, what what do you have? You've got a, a, a David Johnson who his best season was three years ago and doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. Um, and you've just got Deshaun Watson, right? So either build a team around him fast or you got to ship him. Like you can't waste his prime. He doesn't want his prime uh, to, to be wasted. But I don't think this Texans team is built for him to succeed. Uh, coming in at 27, we've got the Bengals. Big win over the Titans. Uh, Joe Burrow's been playing really well, has elevated his play uh, in a massive way for this team. But there are still holes. The offensive line is not the best. The defense has a, a, a lot of flaws. But Giovanni Bernard has played incredibly well uh, in uh, in exchange for, for Joe Mixon uh, going down with injuries. Missed the last two weeks, but... He's been effective in the passing game. They've used him a lot more. They've also had Samaji Pirine. Uh, I like this Bengals team. I think they are are, are very well built. Um, and you get a couple uh, pieces to help on the offensive line. And this is a good group. I think they attacked uh, the, the defensive side of the ball in, in the offseason, signing DJ Reader. But you can't help you know him going down with injury. That's just part of the game, an unfortunate part of the game. Um, but they really have made steps to make this team better. Uh, and and Joe Burrow's proving that you know what he did at LSU uh, is because he's a talented football player. It wasn't Joe Brady, it wasn't Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, um, but it's because he is a good football player. Let's keep it moving. The Falcons uh, at 26 are actually down one from a month ago, uh, but they've been playing well. I, I I think you know another terrible loss two weeks ago. They won on Thursday night uh, to put them up to two wins on the season, but. Man, you can't help but think how different this team looks if they pull out the games where they had a 98.6% chance or better to win it. I mean, these are these are absolutely squandered games. They were able to hold on against the Panthers, but I mean, I've got them at 26 just because, I mean, this defense is one of the worst in the league, but that offense is good, you know, and if they can get rolling, um, who knows? Who really knows what they're capable of? They went 6-2 and two in the last eight games last season, and the schedule doesn't exactly favor them. They have to play the Saints and the Bucks still. Um, but who knows? They could really go on, on another run for sure. The, at, 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 maybe not another 6-2 and two run, but, but something like that. Um, now at 25, the team they beat, the Panthers, uh, I think the hype has, has worn off. They, they, got, they started hot. They started playing really, really well. Um, but I, hmm, I don't know. I don't know where to place them. I talked about at the beginning of the season coming into the year. You hire a guy, Matt Rule, who had one good year at Baylor, had a lot of upperclassmen, but didn't really beat anybody. I mean, they they got beat by Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, um, and I wasn't feeling great about the move. And then you go out and sign Teddy Bridgewater. You send away your best uh, guard in Trey Turner. But all that being said, uh, they started off hot. Teddy Bridgewater looked really good, but CMC went down with an injury. And I mean, I guess this team is kind of where I expected them to be, somewhere in the middle. Um but it's, it's not a knock on them necessarily. I think they're playing comp- competitive football. And when Christian McCaffrey comes back, 
I don't know if Mike Davis completely takes uh, a backseat. I'm sure they use him somehow in, in the passing game at some point, but Christian McCaffrey is going to change this offense, no doubt about it. So when he comes back next week, uh, it, it's going to be a, a new look group for sure. Uh, all right, next at 24, we've got the Cowboys. The Cowboys that took the biggest hit over this past month. Uh, they dropped eight spots in my power ranking, 16 to 24. Like I said, this is going on during the game, during the Sunday Night Football game, so I don't know exactly how it ends up um, here, but just looking at the outlook for the season, Ben DiNucci is your starting quarterback. And nothing against him, nothing against James Madison University, but this isn't what we expected from this team. You pair that with a historically bad defense, and it's not a good recipe. Even when Andy Dalton was playing, he didn't look good either. Um, obviously, you'd like to have Dak Prescott. And if they have Dak Prescott, the outlook is is better. But you just can't realistically expect something to happen uh, with this team now with all these injuries stacking up for them and this defense that was was bad regardless even if everybody's healthy this defense is is not a good uh not a playoff caliber defense that being said the eagles are also injured too in this this defense or this division anything can really happen um so who knows the vikings coming in at 23 even with their win against the packers they still dropped five spots in my uh, in my power rankings from from a month ago, I mean Dalvin Cook changed the look of this offense. They they went out and beat the Packers, who you know many thought were one of the best teams in in the NFC, best teams in the NFL. They've had a couple losses in in the past three weeks that you really you know you have to stop and reconsider for them a little bit. You have to pause on on where you've got them, but uh, I, I like this team. I think they're they're old. It's unfortunate because. You know they're they're on the wrong they're in a, a similar situation as as the Texans where their their guys their best players are on the wrong side of their prime uh, and and you've seen them ship a couple guys Yannick Ngakwe who they just got this season in a trade with the with the Jaguars already moved them to to uh, Baltimore so it's just a different look already from this team um, so I I don't think they're in a position to win I like the group they have together but they have to overcome a lot. You know, the, the Lions aren't a pushover either, um, but the two best teams in the division, the, the Bears and Packers, are really good. So it's a massive uphill climb for these guys. Um, but I, I don't see it happening this season, but you move a couple of these guys, draft well, and get back in the, in the same spot and see what happens. Next up is the, the, the other team in the NFC North, the Lions. They're actually up five spots. Um, even though they lost by 20 to the Colts, uh, it, it was, you know, they, they've had a good couple of weeks. And we were talking about this before. If DeAndre Swift catches that pass week one, uh, going into this game against the Colts, the Lions have a, a, a winning record. You know, this is a good football team. They had a great comeback win against the Falcons. They played really well, um, you know, for the first part of this game. I mean, it was just a defensive showdown until the Colts really got going. But um, I like this team still. Kenny Galladay, that had to affect uh, this Lions offense, not having him was it was a huge loss for the team. And I think we felt, you know, we, we felt the effects of that uh, moving forward. But I don't know if Matt Patricia makes it out of this season. They've talked so long about, about you know, giving him an opportunity, letting him get things going. DeAndre Swift has looked good, but I mean, this team is, is average. They've always been average uh, and, and Matt Stafford doesn't get the respect that he deserves uh, or, or the time. Uh, that that he he should have with with this group, um, 
See, I don't know if the Lions have big potential. I, I don't know if I would necessarily say that because we, we talk about this a lot. I think they've got a lot of good weapons, but they struggle to put pieces together. They have a, a, a great young core of cornerbacks, Amani Oruwarie and Jeff Okuda. They've got some great backs, some great receivers, um, and Matt Stafford's good too, but they can't seem to put it together, and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you look at a team like the Cowboys. I was big on the Cowboys coming into the season, relatively speaking. I didn't expect them to be 2-5 and five at this point and all, but but uh, if you can't put it together, that's the name of the game in this N- in the NFL. You can have a lot of key pieces, um, but if you can't put it together, you're not going to win games. Uh, uh, Seahawks defense is a great example. I know Jamal Adams has been injured a little bit, but you look at every level of that defense, they've got really good playmakers. Uh, Jerron Reed, Bobby Wagner, Shaq Griffin, and Jamal Adams. Every Every level, they have key playmakers, but they can't put it together, and that's why their defense is, is below average. You know, you would think with with four of those guys, those are all difference makers at every level, uh, they should be able to get it done, but but they can't. So it's tough, but that that's the way this league works. You know, you have to not only find talent, but find coordinators and find coaches that, that can put it together. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving here. The Eagles at 21, they've dropped a spot. Carson Wentz has turned a corner. I, I absolutely say it. I mean, we're talking the beginning of the season. Who is this guy? This isn't the 2017 MVP candidate uh, that that you know is, is playing at this next level. And he's been dealing with a lot of, of of injured playmakers everywhere around him on this offense. I mean, the offensive line is is a shadow of what it looked like before. He's throwing passes to Travis Fulgham. Did anybody even know who Travis Fulgham was going into the season? Because I'll say hand up, I didn't. You know, and and we, I thought we had grown accustomed to watching the Eagles um, put out these you know no name receivers, but he's looked really good. Miles Sanders is even down with an injury too, um, but he's he's been playing well, and that's going to be the key here. Is is consistent quarterback play is is going to be the the name of the game here in this NFC East. And right now, the most consistent quarterback is Carson Wentz. And honestly, number two is probably Kyle Allen. You know, with, with the the games that he's been able to put together, kind of catch your groove, and especially playing with Ron Rivera, some familiarity there um, is, is another big thing. So something to look out for. But right now, the Eagles are the front runner in that NFC East for me, simply because uh, of more consistent quarterback play. Now at 20, we've got the Broncos. Now the Broncos have actually dropped one spot uh, since four weeks ago, since my last power rankings, but... And this is very, very key. I think they turned a corner today. I mean, this Chargers defense is good. Uh, obviously, Joey Bosa was was down with a concussion, so he wasn't able to to play. But I mean, what we saw in in the fourth quarter and the second half of this game, Drew Lock really turned a corner. I think he he started off the year uh, a little slow. He got injured. He wasn't able to get going. Uh, and and the last two weeks, he was kind of recovering. Still, I, th- I think he was playing injured, but. Now we put these pieces together, and it's a it's a a, a good good win. This is a altering a season altering win. I mean, Drew Locke's getting booed in the second quarter of this game, and then he's walking off the field with a, a, a walk off touchdown to win it. I mean, that's that's as good as it gets. Um, so moving forward, I mean, and look, next week they play the Falcons. The Falcons have one of the de- worst defenses in the league. So all of a sudden, you win that game, and you're four and four, and in a seven team playoff. You're right in the thick of things. You're right in the middle of the playoff conversation, and you could really make a run uh, moving forward, especially with the leg up in in your divisional games with that win over the over the Chargers. Uh, and at 19, we've got the Chargers. They're actually up three spots. 
look, they I know they've blown some big games, but this is still a talented football team. Justin Herbert's been playing well. And remember, this is all without Austin Eckler. They've been ha- they've been able to uh, keep the, the team afloat. I mean, Keenan Allen has hit another level. Um, I think he, I think I saw he's second in the league in, in uh, target shares only to DeAndre Hopkins. So some elite company that he's in there, but he's been able to keep that play up consistently. I think uh, Justin Herbert loves going to Mike Evans too, another big play receiver. Uh, if that defense can stay more consistent, I mean, they're two and five and they have a plus minus differential of minus six. That's not, I mean, it's it's the same story as last season. It really is very, very similar, um, but they shouldn't be in this position. And maybe that's a coaching issue. Maybe that's an inability to run some clock, but I don't know exactly. I can't put a finger on exactly what it is, but this team should not be two and five right now. Though with with the way they've been playing, um, and their plus minus differential is very telling. I mean, you're three games under five hundred, uh, and and that's a on an average of two points per loss. That doesn't make sense. At number eighteen, one of the teams that took the biggest hits uh, in my power rankings from a month ago is the Patriots, down eight spots. I mean, two and five is not a good look. This is four straight losses for Bill Belichick um, and a heartbreaker, a a, a game where they really could have used to get back in the thick of things in the AFC East. Uh, Cam Newton fumbles in the red zone, uh, down three points with under a minute to go. I mean, it sucks. You know, I I, I don't think I don't think that that this team is out of the water yet, especially because the Bills and we'll talk about the Bills later, but the Bills have not really been impressing. Uh, as of late, I mean, you know, they they've they squeaked out a win this week, but I don't know. I don't feel good. I think this things things have changed a little bit. Things have have um, are, are not the same as the first four weeks of the season. Josh Allen is no longer, in my mind, uh, one of those MVP candidates. He's the the old Josh Allen that we've seen, a guy who struggled to move the ball consistently. Um, is 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 there? Um, but I don't know. The defense isn't what it was last year because that's kind of what kept them in these games is having that elite defense and they don't simply have it anymore. Um, all right, but we'll keep it moving here. The Raiders plus four uh, since since a month ago at, at 17. I mean, they've been playing really well. Inconsistent football, but but football the same. And now this was a win um, this week. That was a, an ugly one. 16 to six over the Browns. Uh, conditions were just terrible. I don't know if you guys saw the, the uh, field goal that Daniel Carlson kicked at the beginning, but it just kind of hooked like a boomerang uh, before it eventually went out. But they have a lot of good wins on their resume, but they also have a lot of bad losses. They got taken down by the Bucks. They got taken down by the Patriots, um, but they've beaten the Chiefs, right? And and that's really what it comes down to. They're the only team in the NFL to beat the, the Super Bowl champions so far in this season. And that's why I've got them at 17. I think they've got some great potential. And this is a team that I was talking about you know, back in March when we're when we're going over free agent moves, I loved the addition of of um, the the linebackers they went out and got. They added Henry Ruggs, uh, and and I mean Nelson Aguilar's been having a great season. The guy I wasn't even really talking about, um, but he was fantastic too. But the Raiders aren't necessarily out of it. But it's it's really it's the Chiefs, and then it's kind of a scrum for these next three teams in the AFC West. Um, I'd like to think one division, uh, one wildcard team comes out of the AFC West because there is a lot of talent there. But if they keep beating up on each other, I mean, who knows? Who knows who's going to come out of that one um, alive? So here we go: the Dolphins at 16, plus 10. They are up 10 spots. Uh, and I'll say it: I wasn't overly impressed into his uh, into his debut. But you have to keep in mind this offensive line is not good. Um, it's it's a year or two away from being one of the above average groups. And he had to go against one of the best pass rushers in the league in in Aaron Donald, 
right? So it's a welcome to the NFL moment. But they were able to score in a variety of ways. They had a, a defensive touchdown. They had a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, and a punt return touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, um, in, in their win over the Rams today, which was a very big win. But I just love this team. I think they're gritty. Brian Flores, in my mind, is moving up the list of, of one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I think if they can finish with 9, 10 wins, um, potentially, and, and make a run at a playoff spot, I think he's got to be in the consideration for coach of the year. I mean, we're talking about this team last year as a group that isn't going to win a game. And they pulled out 5-11. and 11. And now this season, they're almost to their win total, uh, which is incredible and a testament to what Brian Flores has been able to do to, to motivate these guys uh, and get them to the next level. Now at 15, another big faller um, is the 49ers. They, I, had them, I had them at 5 um, going into or, or going after week 4, but now they're at 15. And it's injury suck. And that's, they've been hit by the injury bug. Um, I don't know if you classify it as a Super Bowl hangover. I think I do just because, I, mean, I don't know. If this team is fully healthy, they're one of the best teams in football. But you're missing a lot of key guys. Jimmy Garoppolo went down with another injury. Uh, and this was a big game against the Seahawks. I know they brought it close towards the end. But, I mean, this game wasn't, this game wasn't close. It wasn't, you know, we're, we're not saying the 49ers had a chance in this one uh, really at all. And that may be a testament to how good the Seahawks are. And we'll talk about them uh, a, a little bit later here. But, I mean, they're not out of the playoff race, but playing in the NFC West, the best division in football, hands down, in my opinion, um, it, it's going to be hard. And they're the wor- they're right now they're the, the fourth. They're fourth. They're the worst team in the NFC West. Um, but it is unfortunate that, that they put themselves in this spot. 14, we've got the Bears, plus one uh, from, from week four. I don't know. I mean, this this we've really come to the middle ground of teams where it's like it, it's a coin flip. It really could go either way in terms of, of their talent and their ability to get things done. But the defense, I love the defense, but Nick Foles, you know, everyone was like, ah, Nick Foles is the answer. This is the guy that's going to get us to the next level. And I mean, he's not, you know, it's he, he drove him down the field, got him in position, forced overtime, but made a lot of questionable decisions to get them there. I think this was a very winnable game and a game that, that we really should be talking about as an ugly Bears win, um, but we're not, and, and for good reason. I think this team has still some more work to do, and I mean, that doesn't even discuss this, the punch that was thrown um, by by Javon Wims. I mean, I my mind was blown. First off, by the, the reaction by the Saints corner, just so nonchalant, just allowing that hit to happen, uh, and then a second one came in, it was almost like he was wearing a helmet or some sort of protection that allowed him to to not be hit. I don't know. Uh, but this this should have been a, a win for the Bears. And because it's not, they're in a tough position now. You know, they, they really needed to make a run, especially with the Packers losing to the Vikings. This was a key chance to get a leg up here in the NFC North before they actually have to go and face the Packers. But since that didn't happen, I don't know. I, I don't know. All right, number 13, a team that actually didn't move at all is the Rams. And they've been kind of, they've been up and down a little bit. We've we've seen the good, uh, the bad, and, and the average from them. I, I think they made this Dolphins uh, game today a game, but it wasn't really that. I mean, you know, Jared Goff had to throw the ball 60 times. Uh, I was playing against him in fantasy, and, and I actually lost because he had such a big fourth quarter because they kept throwing the ball, um, unfortunately. I mean, I'll be sad about that for sure. Um, but... Yeah, I think this team is 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 good, um, but not great. I think Sean McVay is one of the smartest coaches in the NFL. But if you look at the group that they've put together, I mean, they're they're in win now mode, but there's still so many holes. I don't think the offensive line is there. I love the running back committee, but 
you almost want to give the ball to Daryl Henderson more because he's been so effective running the ball. Uh, and you're almost shooting yourself in the foot, allowing these other teams to, to um, you know, or these other running backs to get carries, which is unfortunate to say, but I, I, I mean, I think it's true. Uh, and this defense, they have a lot of playmakers. Just going back to what we were talking about before, you have to be able to put it together. You have to be able to win games. Um, and and because, you know, they have so many key weapons. I mean, you're, you're talking about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two of the best players at their position. Um, but but they can't put it together and and win a, a game against the Dolphins. I mean, this season is is a, a different outlook. This next week is a whole different outlook if, if you beat the Dolphins. But now, um, I mean, these questions haven't been answered. The Bears look worse. So now you're, you know, you beat up on a team who who people think um, they are a little bit worse than their record shows, and then you lose to a team. So now people are thinking you're a little bit worse than your record shows, um, especially considering, you know, you're sitting at five and three and four of your wins have come against the NFC East, which, you know, we've are a long, long pass on this power rankings list. Uh, I don't know. And that's, and that's a tough thing. Uh, number 12, the Browns also stayed where they were at. Um, man, I, I want, I want to root for the Browns. I really do. I want them to be successful. Um, I think they've got a great team put together. And the reason why they're at 12 and they're not deeper on this list is because Nick Chubb makes a huge difference. I think opening up the the run game, allowing Kareem Hunt to be used as a, a pass option and not having to give him the ball 15 to 20 times uh, in the run is, is an issue you know, for, for them. And, and, um, once he comes back, I think this is a, a new look team. The, like I said, conditions today were bad. Uh, and this is a good Raiders team. So I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, this loss isn't terrible. They're still sitting at five and three. And I think they are going to make the playoffs as one of those wildcard teams. But once Nick Chubb comes back, I mean, the, the whole outlook of the, of the team has changed, uh, at 11 plus six, one of the bigger risers is the Cardinals. Now I know going into the season, they were, they were, uh, a, a big favorite of all these analysts, you know, and when you think about everybody all on one team for the favorite, it doesn't look that likely. Now, I think, I think they have, you know, a, a ton of weapon, like this, uh, this offense is, is fantastic. And the offensive line has been, you know, a, a question that I had raised, you know, they got Josh Jones in, in the draft. So they looked pretty decent there, but I think the way that Kyler Murray runs the ball, it's almost become a, a, an afterthought. You know, like he's able to create plays and there are almost these designed throws that force him to be out of the pocket so the Cardinals pass uh, or uh, uh, offensive line doesn't have to be as good as 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 they think uh, it needs to and they're still effective. Obviously, adding DeAndre Hopkins helps too. Um, I think this team is good. I think they're a, a playoff team. And especially when you look at the, I mean, talk about a resume builder beating the Seahawks, the only team in, in the NFL to beat the Seahawks um, is huge, not only for divisional implications, but also just in terms of overall respect, forcing uh, Russell Wilson, the MVP runaway uh, uh, favorite to throw three interceptions is a pretty big deal. All right, number 10, we have the Titans. Um, they're up plus one from week four. I don't know. I mean, I, I had my reservations with these guys coming into the season and this loss to the Bengals. I don't want to be that one of those guys that you know flip flops back and forth because I think they have shown us a lot uh, in terms of what they're capable of. Ryan Tannehill wasn't it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't that teams hadn't been able to scheme for him and match up for him, but it's because he's a good quarterback and he plays well in the play action uh, and they've got a good defense together. And Derrick Henry has not lost uh, any any miles on his tires, which is a very big deal uh, and a very good thing for these Titans. But I mean, this lot in two weeks in a row, two straight losses. One of them's to you know an undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team, who we'll talk about a little bit later here. But the other one to the Bengals, second win of the season. I think the Bengals are better than the record shows, considering they've had a lead in, I think it was five games going into the fourth quarter, um, but they couldn't close. They did today, and 
now the the Titans are tied uh, at first with the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I mean, it is what it is. You know, you have to take this loss in stride. The divisional games are coming up. The big one is going to be against the Colts. I think Colts-Titans, um, this is going to be kind of a litmus test for both teams. Um, and the Colts we'll talk about a little bit later. But Titans have a tough, uh, tough stretch coming up. They've got a lot of games that they need to prove that Look, we still are a, a team that's capable of being one of the best in the AFC, uh, and, and we'll prove that to you. Uh, moving along here at nine, we have the Bills, who have actually fallen six spots. I talked about it a little bit. Josh Allen isn't the MVP uh, candidate anymore that we expected. Last year's Josh Allen has come back. Uh, but with that, we haven't seen the elite defensive play that really got them to that to that spot in the first place. You know, got them to that next level and then allowed them to be in the playoffs. Um, it was a, a close win today over the Patriots. I mean, this if, if they lose, this is a different story. You know, they're a game back um, or a game up on the Dolphins and, and a game and a half, I think, back on the on the Patriots, who you know would have had that tiebreaker. But they pulled it out. They got the win. Um, but man, this could be a, a, a totally different look. I'm not trying to jump ship on the Bills because I, I mean, Josh Allen is a great talent, and especially his ability to run the ball. Zach Moss looked great today. This is exactly what I thought he was going to be um, with this team. You know, being that goal line guy, getting two touchdowns today. So I, I'm not too concerned. I think these guys are, are going to be in good shape. Uh, but yeah, so week eight NFL power rankings, we just moved into the top ten. Uh, now at eight, it's the Colts. They're up one spot from from week four. Um, and I was impressed today. I mean, I, look, I will say hand up for those of you who don't know, I am a Colts fan. So I'm watching every moment of their games. And you kind of get, you know, the double-edged sword with it. I have this this optimism that this team is going to be good. But I also have a, a realistic look at the team and saying, like, look, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to get better. Um, so I won't spend a ton of time where... Um, with with these Colts, but I do want to talk a little bit about um, about them. But before we do, let's give a quick recap um, of where all these teams have ended up for those of you who are are, are still with us so far. So we've got the Giant, uh, Jets, 32 Giants, uh, Jaguars, Washington football team, uh, and then 28 to 25 is Texans, Bengals, Falcons, and Panthers. And then we go Cowboys, Vikings, Lions, Eagles, Broncos, Chargers, Patriots, Raiders, Dolphins, 49ers, Bears, Rams, and then Browns, Cardinals, Titans, Bills. Okay, so here we go. The Colts at eight. I mean, they, they have grown accustomed to beating up on teams uh, that are are not as good as them. You know, and, and I don't know exactly where they where they rank for most people, but just in terms of what that defense is able to do, very stifling. I mean, you take away the, the two runs. Um, they had a, like a wide receiver end around, and then Matt Stafford ran for 10 yards. They had, I think the the Lions had about 14 carries between Adrian Peterson and DeAndre Swift combined for seven yards. Like this is a very elite run defense uh, and, and you, you know, take away some of these weird deep shots uh, and Matthew Stafford's numbers look a little bit different too. But on the offensive side of the ball, I think Phillip Rivers has caught a stride. We still haven't seen, you know, Paris Campbell hasn't come back. Michael Pittman just got activated. So we haven't seen a, a, a key a wide receiver group yet yeah, a lot of these guys you know both of those guys were two uh, second round picks from the last two years so they're key pieces to this offense um, but the big concern is Jonathan Taylor I think he hasn't been able to get going and at Wisconsin you know he had one of the great uh, offensive lines in the country um, and he wasn't too concerned about really um, whole IQ uh, in terms of just picking his spots because the lineman would just bulldoze a spot and he would run right through it and continue running for 40, 50 yards. Um, so it's it's an adjustment for him still. That's why I would love to still have Marlon Mack. I think this team looks a lot different. I think they're averaging, you know, 150 yards a game at least if they have Marlon Mack uh, combined with, with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. But 
This group has looked good, but next week against the Ravens, this is this is going to be it. You know, you, you talk all about this. Um, they, they have a, a loss to the Browns. They've got a loss to the the Jaguars. But this Ravens team, if you can if you can keep pace with them, uh, and you know the Ravens are still considered one of the top teams in the AFC. If you can keep pace with them and even pull out a win, I mean. This is this is a game changer for this Colts team, right? And, and if Philip Rivers can play at the level like he did today and last week, it's going to be a very very big deal. Um, so we've got seven teams to go here, and I want to answer some questions. Uh, we're doing this live on TikTok as well as we're recording um, the podcast. So if for those of you who want to be featured on the podcast here, drop some questions in the comments on on this live, and we'll get to them at the end as we continue with the um, these power rankings. So at seven, we have the Packers. They're one spot down from, from week four. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, this this Packers team, I don't really know what to expect. They give me a lot of vibes of last year's Packers team, who was really incapable of playing a full 60 minutes of football. Obviously, they let Dalvin Cook run all over them today. He had probably one of the best games in NFL fantasy football history, uh, just in terms of what they were what they were able to do. But I mean, I don't know. Devontae Adams is great. Uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers is, is still in the MVP conversation, you know, maybe two or, or even three now after a big game from Patrick Mahomes. But this defense is is struggling. They don't have enough weapons to really, you know, get to the next level with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and with Aaron Jones out, obviously that affected the game for sure. Having to, to use Jamal Williams as, as the lead back uh, with A.J. Dillon to spell him, uh, it's going to cause issues. But still, I mean, this is a this is a, a Vikings team that has not played well this season, has not been able to put big games together. And Dalvin Cook, a guy who's coming off of injury, you let him go for 150 yards on the ground, including 50-plus reception yards too. Um, I mean, there's, it's you're, you're going to get beat up by teams like this. Even if you make it into the playoffs, it's going to look something similar to last year with the 49ers where you, you reach a team who knows how to exploit your weaknesses and makes you pay all day long. You know, you don't want to get caught in another one of these blowout games, but... I mean, there's there's not a ton you can do at this point um, in terms of fixing this team, more of just riding it out. Um, and you would have liked now, especially with Aaron Rodgers playing this good, to maybe go in a different direction. Maybe Jordan Love shouldn't be that number one pick and you go after a, a defensive guy. I mean, there were plenty of good linebackers that were still available uh, later on and some really good pass rushers that are making a difference on their team that probably could have been used by the Packers. Uh, and then at six, we've got the Ravens drop two spots. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson has regressed. And this is something that I talked about at the beginning of last year um, and it caught a lot of flack for it. I mean, it's it, it may have taken a year, but what we've seen from him when you really need to rely on him to, to throw the football, I mean, simply put, John Harbaugh, I don't think trusts him to throw the football enough. Um, he had a couple turnovers today and that last drive where they eventually got stuffed, I mean, he didn't, he, he they ran the ball the whole drive. You know, you would have liked to at least see one throw, uh, but... I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, uh, they're not nearly as effective. I know no Mark Ingram. He's he's taken a step back too. Um, but you've got some some good receivers. And I think when they use them, they've played well. But these concerns about uh, Lamar Jackson being able to throw the football, um, you, you can pull all the advanced analytics numbers you want to um, and, and, and state your case that he is. But I'm not convinced, right? And this team has, has built... Um, has built a group together that is essentially saying, you know, this is what we want. They're going all in, trading for Yannick and Gakwe. Um, it's, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't understand uh, what the Ravens can change because unless something happens, unless, uh, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is able to take that throwing ability to the next level, um, 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be very difficult for them to to win games. And to be honest with you, I'm pretty convinced that last season was the peak of the Ravens. I, I don't think that they match this again in terms of regular season success, in terms of playoff success. Maybe they win a game this year. Um, but obviously, Ronnie said that was a huge loss. Uh, hopefully, he has a speedy recovery. But I mean, this team has a lot of holes, a lot of issues. And, and um, their two losses, look, Bottom line, their two losses are against the Chiefs and the Steelers, two of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, and anytime you take that, um, that's great. You know, it's you, you lost to two of the best teams, but you can't, simply put, you can't win the Super Bowl losing to the best teams. You have to be the best team. Um, all right, moving on to five, we've got the Bucks. They're up three spots here. Um, they've played, they played really well. They've convinced me. I, I wasn't sure. I was big on the Bucks, but I wasn't like, you know, top of the NFL big on the Bucks, um, just in terms of, what does Tom Brady have left in the tank? What is this defense able to do? Can the offensive line actually protect him? Uh, and so far, those questions have been answered. And I say so far hesitantly because, you know, we're, we're, we're not out of the woods yet on this. Um, we're, we're just at the halfway point of the season. But the defense has looked elite. The offensive line has done an above-average job of keeping Tom Brady protected. Uh, and the general manager, Jason Light, has gone out and, and added Antonio uh, Brown to the mix, which just makes the, the offensive line or the, the offensive weapons even better. Um, so yeah, moving forward, I mean, it's a big week next week. Saints-Bucks is going to be huge. I'm assuming the Bucks are, are going to beat the Giants uh, on Monday night and go and, and go at 6-2, and two, but this is, I think the winner next week wins the division, it, just in terms of, you know, tiebreakers and and um, what, what, they're, what they're capable of. Um, both teams, you really need that leg up. And if I'm not mistaken, the Saints won game one, so if they can pull out two, I mean, th- this this might be it. Uh, moving up to four team, I just mentioned the the Saints. So I got them plus three spots from week four. Uh, I mean, look, what the Saints have been able to do, and this was an ugly win against the Bears, 100% an ugly win, but you'll take those. You have to, uh, we talked about last week on the podcast, you win in a lot of different ways in the NFL, but the most important thing is that you win. You know, you can blow a team out, you can, you can beat them in overtime on a field goal, but a win is a win at the end of the day. And, and just in terms of, of, you know, going into the locker room, the mindset, but also how you're viewed uh, by other teams in the league, the, a win is the bottom line. And I think a win doesn't tell the full story, but looking at it from a broad picture, um, you know, 10 years from now, we're not going to say, ah, well, the Saints went 10 and six, but they were, they were close. They were really close to winning in four of them. You know, that's not how, that's not how we view it as, as sports fans, especially looking back on, on, a, on a team success. But Doing all this without Michael Thomas, and I think Michael Thomas absolutely changes the dynamic of the Saints' offense. Uh, there were concerns about Drew Brees in his in his regression. I think what, what was it? I saw a tweet today. Somebody was talking about how Drew Brees is now turned into like uh, MJ on the on the Wizards. You know, he's not he's not going to wow you with with athletic plays and you know uh, 360 dunks, but those those of smart plays the the turnaround jumpers per se um he's he's still going to be very good at those and that's what we've seen from drew Brees, taking his shots using alvin kamara um and alvin kamara was one of the best uh or is one of the best running backs in the league having a little bit of a resurgence this year um and and increased production so i absolutely love the saints they they were my my super bowl pick going into this season and as far as i've seen i feel very comfortable uh saying that they're at least going to come out of the nfc at this point, um, there are a couple of teams, obviously, that will challenge them, and we'll talk about one here in a little bit. But uh, right now, Saints at four. I mean, when Michael Thomas comes back, this is a, a new look team, and the the fact that they've been able to hold over till now and still have a very good record uh, says a lot about them. 
Next up is, at, at three is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they are the biggest riser of the, uh, of the last four weeks, up 11 spots. I was never big on the Steelers going into the year because I didn't know what we were going to get from Big Ben. You know, we talk about, oh, this is, you know, this is crazy. This is one of the, uh, the you know, we've never seen an injury like this before in NFL history, and, and Big Ben's coming back. Isn't that great? I mean, no, I, I don't think so, right? Like, that's he's old. He's, you know, durability has, has been a concern for him. He's not, you know, he's not on the TB12 diet. Uh, so there are a lot of issues that he has that, that we needed to see answered, uh, and we haven't yet, right? Um, I, I don't think he's played to, to a great level. We haven't seen the Big Ben of old, but this defense is, is uh, uh, an elite level. And even though they, they've lost a couple pieces, hopefully Cam Hayward's okay. He went down with an injury, but... I mean, this defense is 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 winning games for them, uh, and you, you take out a guy uh, like uh, Miles Rudolph or Mason Rudolph, excuse me, uh, and put in Big Ben. I mean, things are going to happen. James Conner's been playing a lot better. Uh, they've got a great receiver core, a, a solid group with Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Deontay Johnson. Um, I would like to see more from them, but I mean, I can't put them anywhere outside the top three. I've got I've got two teams above them because of. Uh, so, you know, for, for, for obvious reasons here, because we haven't seen the Steelers team really be elite. I haven't seen them take that next step. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're beating teams that are, are still really good. So you have to put them in the top three, but they're a team I'm looking for in the second half. You know, can they keep up this consistent pace? Can, can they win at the same level? Um, I, the schedule, the schedule definitely says that they probably will, but, but we'll have to see how these games look in the second half of the season. Uh, and at number two, we've got the Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson's the MVP. I don't know what else he needs to do, uh, barring, uh, you know, knock on wood, an injury or, um, you know, just a, a complete tail off in play. But Russell Wilson's been the best quarterback in the NFL the whole season, right? And and fortunately, I'm lucky enough to have him on one of my fantasy teams. And every week he's delivered for me at the same pace. Uh, and it's incredible, you know, and he just kind of takes off, uh, you know, different days. One day, Tyler Lockett will go off. Another day, DK Metcalf will go off. Uh, and then, you know, DJ Dallas was incredibly effective. And that's only because you have a guy like Russell Wilson who is who is under center, and and the defense has to worry so much about him that that DJ Dallas can go out and, and have and have a good game simply going off of the defense's fear of Russell Wilson doing something. Um, but right now, this this team is the team to beat in the NFC. I think uh, I like the Saints to come out of the NFC, but. You know, we, we talk about winning in different ways. Uh, the, the Seahawks have been able to weather the storm with a below average defense uh, and, and obviously an injury to Chris Carson. But before that, he was playing incredibly well. Um, but they're doing it with great weapons. They're doing it with Russell Wilson. It's this similar situation to what we're talking about with Kyler and the Cardinals. Um, you know, offensive line is a concern, but when a guy is so mobile, so shifty, it really doesn't matter, you know, and he and he's transcended the need to have a good offensive line uh, and let Russ Cook is in full effect and they're winning because of that. Um, but finally, number one is the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're in a league of their own. They are they are the class of the NFL. I mean, it's it's one, and then it's two, three, two through thirty-two. You know, uh, everything I've seen from this team, they've gotten better, right? This is a young group, a young, exciting offense. They've missed a couple pieces uh, on on that offensive line, um, and even in the offensive weapons because of of opt outs and that sort of thing, but. I mean, the defense is is still catching its stride, but the offense is is clicking, right? And and this team, I, I don't understand. You know, you look at the Raiders who beat the Chiefs. They had to score 40 to do that. How many teams in the NFL are going to score 40 on the Chiefs? The list is small. And even then, I I, I don't know if I was fully convinced, um, you know, that the Raiders were the, the class of the NFL following, you know, the weeks after that. But this is a very, very good football team. And right now, 
um, they're they're the guys to win it. They're they're the guys to win the Super Bowl simply because you put together you add Le'Veon Bell into the mix. You have an effective group of pass catchers. You've got a really talented defense with a lot of playmakers. They mesh well. Uh, the offense meshes well. This is this is the most complete football team by a mile. I, I don't see anybody else with the amount of of weapons and playmakers uh, like the Chiefs have. And, and, and that's really it. You know, it's, there's not much more to be said. Even with one loss, uh, they, they take the cake in the NFL, and they're really the team uh, to beat.